is up bros i'm caleb and i'm jonathan and we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible welcome to the all bros uh this week on the podcast we do not have a whole hell of a lot to talk about um other than uh a minions movies coming to 4k and then we're getting get right into our breakdown of pause of fury the legend of hank and this one's going to be interesting because me and rose have very conflicting opinions on it (laughs) yes yes we do uh so this should be a a real fun one for us so i mean before we get into all that good stuff uh let's say we get on into it let's do it every day We're surrounded by media, books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Alrighty, first up, like we said, 4K Spotlight. Um, Rose, you have the information on this one, correct? I do. Um, So, yeah, this Tuesday, or tomorrow, uh, The Minions Rise of Gru is coming to 4K and Blu-ray. Um, it's not getting anything special. It's just literally a bare-bones Blu-ray and 4K release. Um, I have not seen this movie yet. I know Caleb went and saw it because this was actually his daughter's first experience in a movie theater. Which, yes, honestly, I feel that makes this movie kind of cool only for that. Um, but other than that, like, honestly, that's I the only reason shit. it's kind of cool. <laughs> Or that I could give two shits about minions too. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of hoping that I can get like a retry. <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's already like oh. a little too late for me to be like, eh, if, like this is our first movie, but yeah, it freaking it's a it's a minions movies. It's a not movies. It's a minions movie, and that is all I have to say about it. <laughs> it is not nearly it's it it's it's messed up with how it's like formatted it's it feels like they tried to merge a minions movie with a despicable me movie and it didn't work out very well it's like it was like a despicable me with a little bit extra minion in it i would hope that that would see cuz i oh god i hate the first one um, because I'm sorry, minions cannot carry a movie in my opinion. So I was hoping 
uh, that with this one, considering that Steve Carell came back to voice, you know, Kid Gru, that maybe it'd be a little better, since, because I feel Gru is one of the only bearable parts of this franchise, um, because Steve Carell's amazing in this role. Um, I absolutely disagree with you on that one. I, fi- I find really? Gru so freaking annoying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> The tables have turned, or the turntables have turned. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. All right. I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> I know. I kind I just, of like freaking stunned you. <laughs> you did because I thought you would have at least enjoyed his performance. I didn't. I find Gru so freaking annoying, dude. It's like, like both, anytime... like both grown up and kid Gru. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it it it. I know. I know it's messed up, but wow. yeah, grew. Okay. I find freaking annoying. Wow. Like I I prefer to see the minions. Really? Yeah. Like I felt like because I like what I did with with Iris was I showed her the first minions movie, and she was like she loved it, and like okay. rewatching it. I like I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Like it it was fun. It like had like its like quirky comedy and whatnot. But it saying that the rise of Gru was on the same level as the Minions. I like I know objectively speaking, the Minions isn't like the best movie in the world. But it was like okay, like it was somewhat decent. I would almost put the first minions above this one and it's just because they have crew in it so would you say that the first minions is your favorite despicable me movie uh, I'm gonna no move... i would not say that despite my okay. feelings about grew i do feel like despicable me is a better movie okay but okay. grew gets on my nerves that's <laughs> oh shit! Freaking hilarious! Wow. Okay, I don't know what else to say of that because I really did not expect you to not be not be a fan of Steve Carell's Gru. This is throwing me what, through a loophole, it, it, man. I think it's just—I don't know. I—I I think it's just <laughs> his accent really gets under my skin. <laughs> but yeah. Oh shit! That's funny. But I, like I said, I do know in my heart that Despicable Me is a better movie than The Minions. Oh, okay. All right. And I will say that about all the Despicable Me movies. Like, I think all of the Despicable Despicable Me movies that I've seen, I don't know if I've seen the third one yet. Mm, If you haven't, you're really not missing much. Okay. So I know I've seen this, the, the, first and second one for sure um but like i know that those are better than the minions movies but i yeah rise of Gru was not good and it was because they included grew damn you hear that corell wow dude don't get me wrong i love corell i i've been like I wanted such a palate cleanser from the the rise of Gru that I went and watched Forty Year Old Virgin. 
Okay, you know what? I I mean, I honestly, I probably would have watched The Office, but I can understand yeah. that. I I love Steve Carell, and I and I thought it, maybe it was just like Steve Carell's voice acting, but other things that he's voice acted, like um, Remy and Over the Hedge. Yes, like I love him oh. in that. God, that is an underrated animated film. Oh, straight up, dude, straight up, so good. But. Yeah, like I love his voice work. It's just Gru's voice. I I'm not a fan of. Uh, Fair so enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, if you guys actually did like, or if you guys actually do like Steve Carell's Gru, or the character of Gru, you can pick up Minions: The Rise of Gru this Tuesday <laughs> on 4K and Blu-ray. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's all I got. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. I freaking like rocked you to your core. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, holy shit, dude. Like, usually when I say shit like that, you're a little bit more opinionated about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this time just freaking caught you off guard for some reason. You, you, you really did. Because most people. We'll say, oh, I can't stand the minions, but Steve Carell as Gru saves those movies. And I would say some people actually do like the uh, the three girls. Um, but <laughs> not a lot of people say, oh, I, can, I can't even stand Gru. The minions are... I can, I'll take the minions over Gru any day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, like, I don't feel good about it on the inside, but... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go with my heart. <laughs> gotta go with it but all right so that's everything we got in 4k spotlight so with that let's say we move right on into this week's breakdown let's do it Like I said, we have very conflicting opinions about this movie. I I had a decent time with it. Rose yeah, apparently I had a not was like, so decent time with this movie. Yeah, apparently he was like checking the clock and and everything. Dude, like, yeah, that. like I said, I was checking every twenty minutes. It seemed you know, like, oh my god, is it? And dude, don't even get me started about the stupid ass joke about them calling. Oh, yeah, uh, you, you, we got to get this movie wrapped up in eighty five minutes. That's all we're given. Or some shit like that. Dude, that was freaking hilarious. I did not laugh one bit. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Before we get into any more spoiler territory, uh, this is how we break down movies. Uh, we have split them into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final Albro's letter grade. Uh, the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. Um, all of that, all of those numbers get magically added up and spat out of our algorithm, which gives us a, um, a letter grade and percentage to compare this movie to others of its kind. Um, 
So, with that, if you have not seen Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, it is currently streaming on Paramount Plus. So go give it a, a watch if you want. <laughs> if you want to hear Rose's opinions on why it sucks. Uh, I mean, apparently, I mean, a lot of people did not go see this movie in theaters because it was a box office flop. <laughs> that I would believe. Budget of forty five million, box office only twenty one point five million. Shit. Yeah. Hopefully it it gains some ground with par- being on streaming. Not, I think now I'll take it, I'll I think take if it you do way. a children's movie, I think if you do a children's movie nowadays, you have to release it to streaming. I don't yeah. think I think parents are like, I'll just wait for it to come to streaming. Like they Especially yeah, movies. nowadays they don't want they don't want to take the chance. Um, even though you know, like COVID's definitely gotten a lot better. No, I feel a lot of people don't want to take the chance of their kids getting sick. That and it like taking. There is something that's kind of nice about taking a kid to see a movie one on one. I could not Some imagine the 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 prop like because I only took one kid to the movies and it was a freaking chore <laughs> i could not imagine taking more than one kid to the movies at a time and for for going to go see a children's movie that doesn't make sense to me to only take one so like even if there was a movie that i knew both of my kids would like that was coming to theaters i would wait it, like fair. at least until they were older. Like if it was just a kids movie where let's say they're under the age of, let's say they're the under the age of six. Like if they're under the age of six and there's a movie that comes out that I feel that they would really enjoy watching, I would wait for it to come to streaming. Okay. Now once you're once you get like over the age of six, where both of them are over the age of six. That's where I'll start being like a eh, case by case, like depending on how well behaved my kids are. Fair enough. Like if they're a handful and they just want to goof off all the time or if they have freaking like ADHD or some shit like that. No, we're waiting for streaming. But if they can like show that they can sit through a movie quietly. Then, yeah, maybe we'll go to the movie theater. But it, yeah, it will be seriously just such a, a case by case situation but for a movie like this, I would have waited for streaming. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with like Disney animated films or Pixar, like I feel they kind of have to, for the most part, release that stuff in theaters for how big a budget those movies are. Yeah, I mean, if if you just drop the budget a little bit, I don't know if I'd want Disney or Pixar to do that though, because their movies are so gorgeous when it comes to their animated films. You're not wrong. Fair, fair enough. But still, like, if if they could find a way to capitalize on this whole streaming service thing and, like, get their money back from doing that, I think that would be a very profitable way for them to, like, release their, their movies. Fair enough. But, Yeah. I have an interesting, like, what-if question for you. Okay. What 
if Disney were or Pixar specifically were to start releasing purely kids movies like not as high quality like animation and whatnot those types of movies onto Disney Plus but then start releasing more adult content or adult driven content in theaters where you still get that like that beautiful Pixar movie but it's just more adult themed and not like really for kids I'm torn with that because I never want to see Pixar have to downgrade their quality of animation because even with the shorts that they do I feel that they don't even downgrade the animation like it's always looks amazing um but at the same time I would actually love to see that kind of stuff like more like you said um um adult oriented uh stories from Pixar um so I'm like at a crosshairs <laughs> with that. Um, it's I, an interesting thought experiment, though, right? It is. Yeah, very. Um, so I would honestly have to like be able to. I have to like see one of each, like you know, like one <laughs> of adult, one adult-oriented Pixar movie that you know, like pristine animation, and then one. Uh, Disney Plus kind of little more child friendly movie uh, that's just maybe a little downgrade of animation but at the same time I just I just for how long for how far that Pixar's come I don't know if I can handle a downgrade in their animation that's a tough tough one because it's like the movie's budget does not include marketing correct no, or does it, does it include no it does not does not okay so usually for like most big budget um movies i think they throw in like another 25 to 50 million for marketing because hmm. marketing ain't cheap right so i'm wondering then if they were to because you said a movie has to double its money to be profitable and that's usually because of marketing well, so so it has to double its budget to break even, oh, to but break then even. yeah, but then after that, um, uh, then it starts to become profitable. Okay, depending on how much they like you said, how much they spend for marketing and all that stuff. because um, actually, so I forget what podcast it was on, but freaking Matt Damon brought up such a great point. Um, with like physical media nowadays. And the fact that, you know, back in the day, if your movie didn't do so great in um, uh, theaters, um, you knew that the physical, like, DVD or VHS release was just around the corner. So you had hopes that you could make up for it when it came to that. But unfortunately, nowadays, with physical media just dying out, literally once, if it doesn't hit the um, the numbers you want at the box office, you better hope that it does at least decently on streaming, because... Uh, because you're screwed if it doesn't. Because physical media sales don't mean shit anymore. It does it really doesn't count towards your um what's the word your um not box office but you know like the actual profit that you make from the movie. I wish studios were a little bit more open about what how movies perform on streaming. 
I, I agree. Like, I really want to know. I mean, I guess I could see. I forget what she uses, but like Grace Randolph, she uses this um website that tells you like how um how each how each week uh, certain like movies and shows did on streaming. Um, and I think it's usually like three weeks behind, but still, uh, I really would want to see how Lightyear is doing on Disney Plus for how inf- how badly it did in theaters. Oh, it did not perform well. Yeah, so I'm really hoping that it's finding a second home on Disney Plus because it deserves it. Yeah, I mean it's been on there, like top recommended for a long time, but I I wonder if that's just like Disney strategy going into play, being like, hey, everyone I think else likes Disney this strategy, like, <laughs> like hoping that they can trick people into thinking like we. Like, other people like this. We swear. <laughs> anyway. um, So getting back to Paws of Fury. <laughs> Much to Rose's chagrin. Uh, if you I was going to not... throw in Do We Have To, but I was, no, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. If you have not seen Paws of Fury, we are about to spoil the entire movie for you. So... If you want to listen past this point and have it spoiled for you, like, feel free. Um, if not, uh, go check it out. It's on, like if we said, it's on a uh, Paramount Plus right now. Uh, so with that, Rose will be reading the entire synopsis for Pause of Fury. So, <laughs> Rose. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hank dies. That's why it's called The Legend of Hank. The end. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so bitter. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try to be nice. All right. In a land inspired by feudal Japan and entirely inhabited by cats, Ikachu, a conniving high-ranking official of the land's shogun, desires to expand his giant palace. However, it resides next to the impoverished village of Kakamucho. M- Mucho. Oh my god, wow. I, I ended that sentence horribly. Um, anyway. Hoping to get rid of it, Ikachu plans to force Kakamucho's residents to abandon their town by sending a gang of thugs led by his second-in-hand, Oga... To, is that how you say his name? Yes. Okay. To trash the town. The townspeople demand that the shogun appoint a new samurai to protect them after the previous one flees. Ikachu, hoping to offend the townspeople, decides to appoint Hank, a dog prisoner about to be executed as Kakamucho's samurai. After an initial hostile reception, Hank relies on the assistance of Jimbo, a catnip-addled samurai who reluctantly agrees to train him in order to overcome the townspeople's hostility. While training with Jimbo, Hank manages to subdue Sumo, an immensely strong, dim-witted, yet philosophical henchman that Ikachu sent to drive out the townspeople quicker. The townspeople see Hank as a hero, but his new-found popularity ends up going to Hank's head, and he neglects his training, which causes a fallout between him and Jimbo. Ikachu takes Hank to a private nightclub in order to distract him as his thugs trash Kakamucho. Hank returns to a devastated town, and, after a heated argument with Jimbo, he decides to go home, but an origami figure of himself reminds him of his samurai oath. Jimbo, meanwhile, attempts to storm Ikachu's palace and hopes to free Sumo, who was captured by Ikachu's goons. 
Hank returns in order to help him out. Upon hearing about Sumo's escape, Ikachu recruits an army of thugs to get rid of Kakamucho for good. Hank returns to Kakamucho and explains his plan to defeat Ikachu's army. The townspeople then build a perfect paper copy of, of the town and themselves as, as a diversion. When the raiders attack the fake town and its population of dummies, which have been booby-trapped with dynamite, Hank ignites the bombs and the townspeople attack the thugs. The Shogun arrives, who questions the fighting. Oga accidentally exposes Ikachu's plan to him, causing Ikachu to flee. Yeah, can we talk about, like, nothing happens to Ikachu? Like, literally, he's not punished for his what he did. Nothing, just, oh, he, he flees, that's it. <laughs> like, no one goes after him. Like, I don't know. To me, like, after what he did, there should be some sort of... Rep- I don't even know the word. Still. I don't know. That irritated me. <laughs> Hank chase- chases Ikachu to his palace where he fights him on his... Ju- oh, wait. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was. I just, like, totally forgot the ending of this movie. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. Sorry. I totally forgot the next scene happened. Wow. Um, Hank chases Ikachu to his palace where he fights him on his giant jade toilet, which, get ready for the joke, guys. He calls it... Oh, what does he call it again? The Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl. See, the to me, the joke wasn't even that good. I already forgot it. I'm such a dick to this movie already. Okay, I'm 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 gonna cool down. I'm gonna I'm gonna chill out. Um, uh, causing uh, okay, Hank chases Ikachu to his palace where he fights him on his giant jade toilet, jade toilet which overflows and threatens to flood the town. Hank warns the Kakamucho townspeople of the incoming flood and leads them in the digging of a channel to safely divert the water around the town. With Kakamucho saved, the impressed Shogun decides to appoint Jimbo as the new samurai, but he gives the position to Hank. Hank, however, feels that he is not entirely ready, so he ends up giving the position to Imi- is it Amiko? Yes. Or em- okay. Um, a kitten who also desires to be a samurai. Um, so is her mom just g- not going to be like, um, he- hell no, she's too young. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably not I don't in know. front of the Shogun. Uh, fair enough. I'm sure she got a nice t- talking to after, hopefully. Um, <laughs> uh, Hank and Jimbo continue to train in their own time with their relationship mended. In a... Oh. God, this is why I should have watched the whole damn movie. <laughs> in a post credit scene, a now-imprisoned and sulking Ikachu consoles himself that at least he will not have to be a part in a sequel. I totally missed that post credit scene. I didn't know that was the thing. I I didn't see that one either. Like I I oh. turned it, I didn't think that there was going to be one, so dude, like why why does everyone have to have a post credit scene now? I know cuz it's just a way it to used keep to be, people it, I know. Like it used to be special with Marvel. Like that that was like the one franchise you could always count on. Oh yeah, there's a post credit scene setting up the next MCU project. But now like it honestly feels like it's just become like a joke. And I, I hate think, it. I think I think the post credit scenes or like the idea that a movie's going to have a post credit scene 
is to get people to sit through the credits to kind of like and i i like to sit through the credits um just to like show my appreciation. like appreciation for the people that worked on the the on the movies oh yeah freaking do you remember the lego movie 2 with their uh the credit song without please tell me you remember that song i do not remember that song do yeah cuz it's they were like freaking talking um how the the end credits is like the best part it's like the part of the movie that you want to be on it's it's freaking amazing you got you, you should like go back and listen to it cuz it like it's the best song of that whole damn soundtrack okay <laughs> it's it's so freaking good oh um but yeah okay I I guess I can take back my complaint of how oh nothing happened to him after uh what he did but okay he got imprisoned <laughs> all right I'll give the movie that they solved that problem for me oh dude so this is an interesting movie because it is based extremely heavily on Blazing Saddles. Now, have you seen Blazing Saddles? I have not, but after Neither seeing this movie, it is on my list. Actually, not okay. not because of this movie. Not like not, watching this movie didn't make me want to see it, knowing that it's heavily based on this is is kind of what makes me want to go back and and watch it. Cuz do you know the the plot of this? Of Blazing Saddles? Of Blazing Saddles? No. It's basically exactly this, except it's a cowboy instead of samurai. That but already sounds more entertaining. Yeah, but it has... Um, <laughs> oh, shit. What's this? <sighs> Hold on. Uh, Gene Wilder is in it. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I'm already on board. Mr. Willy Wonka himself. Yeah. So they like every like there's a bunch of people that it's like it's based off of. So or with Pause of Fury. So it says Um Hank is based off of Sheriff Bart. Um Jackson or Um Jimbo is based off Jim the Wacko Kid or the Waco Kid. Um, Ikachu is based off of Headley Lamar. Mel Brooks is based off of Governor William J. Le J. Le Petomane, which is funny because that's the character that he played in Blazing Saddles. So, so Mel Brooks voiced the character that his character from Blazing Saddles was based off of. Okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah, and so there's there's just a bunch of um like comparisons that you can make through that. So it's it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of f- fun in yeah. a way like with, like with that. Like so I I really want to watch Blazing Saddles now. It's like I want to see what what it's on streaming then, 
or if it's on streaming, hopefully it is. Uh, looks like it is on Hulu. There you go. Yep. Yeah, it looks like it's on Hulu. So definitely going to be checking that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so starting off with story, obviously you had opinions on this. <laughs> but I, dude, I, all the things that I loved about this were mostly in the writing. The story was kind of meh for me. It was like okay, very, so, so we can very agree middle on ground. That. Do what? Okay. So we can agree on that. Yeah, it was very middle ground. There wasn't anything like outstanding about the story other than um, it being based off of Blazing Saddles, which, whatever. Like, we're not comparing this to Blazing Saddles. Even though, like, that's another thing. I'm interested to see if we have the same feelings about Blazing Saddles that we do about this movie. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Yeah, so, anyway. The whole idea that there's a land where dogs are not allowed to go, and this dog goes to be... um become the samurai of this this little town or to become a samurai which is exactly how like from what i'm led to believe blazing saddles is like except it's a like it's a black guy that's coming into a town to be the sheriff oh okay and so it's like, so it's kind of like a whole, like a racial issue. And I loved how they kind of turned that racial issue into a cats and dogs thing. Yeah, that's okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it just, it's, it seems super funny. Like just that, that idea. And then, but my issues with like this, this story overall is kind of has to do with, like Hank as a character he's just he's lovable but kind of gets real douchey yeah absolutely considering after just one um f- f- uh, what what was the uh, big cat's name uh sumo? Was this, oh, sumo that's that was his name literally yeah. after he you know defeats him and freaking didn't um Oh my god, I'm horrible with these names. Jimbo. Didn't Jimbo have a lot to do with why he defeated him? Dude, it wasn't even freaking... Like, did Hank even, like, freaking touch his ass? No, like, Hank was on Sumo's back. Like, kind of holding on for dear life while he was bucking like a freaking bull. And then Jimbo comes and freaking samurai swords uh, an edamame bean into Sumo's mouth and makes it, it like, close up. So, like, Hank didn't do shit. I don't know why he thought he did anything against Sumo. Like, I thought that was so weird. Yeah, and wasn't there at least one town? No, there wasn't there townsfolk in that scene? A lot of the townsfolk were in there. 
Yeah, so how did no one speak up beyond, oh, no, I clearly saw Jimbo chuck, sword chuck a freaking bean into Sumo's throat. Yeah, it's not like he was being discreet about it or anything where it, like, no. accidentally felt. Like, it would have made sense if, like, Sumo, like, slammed on something and a bean came flying up into the air and then landed in his mouth while he was, like, doing some sort of, like, yell while yeah. Hank was on him. But it was just straight up Jimbo. Like, I don't know why, like, why was Jimbo, like, not taking the credit for that? Or, like, pointing out, like, yeah, you didn't do shit, dude. Probably because I guess he was still, um, what's the word? I don't want to say sulking, because that's kind of a mean thing to say. Um, just he was still disappointed in himself, I guess, uh, from dis. I don't even freaking know. <laughs> I can't really justify I'm not even going to try to justify. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't make, it didn't, it didn't make sense, like, that whole interaction. Um, I will say, Ikachu, as a villain, though, kind of dug his plan. Yeah, I'll give you that. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad of a plan. Um... I loved how he, like, came out and was just like, yeah, I kind of outsmarted myself. <laughs> like, when when Hank actually ended up being, like, not really a threat, but just something that the ninjas didn't want to go and, like, face. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um... How did you feel about the whole like um Hank literally um saying F you um to the townsfolk and saying, Oh, you know what, I'm instead of, you know, preparing for um Ikachu's uh not Ikachu, well, okay, we didn't know he didn't know that Ikachu was bad, but instead of preparing for the next battle, oh, I'm gonna go with Ikachu and have some fun, F you guys. How did you feel about that? I think it felt very out of character. Absolutely agree. I think, like, they tried really hard with that that interaction with Sumo to make, um, to give Hank, like, a big head to, to the point where he would go off and do that thing with Ikachu, but it, it, like, it felt so against his character. It didn't feel like that's a decision Hank would have actually made. It's like, especially like considering how badly he wanted to become a samurai, it's like yeah. as soon as he signed up and like filled out that contract, it's like he forgot why he signed up in the first place, and it just it didn't feel right. Oh yeah, straight up when that scene came on, I'm like, you know what? I was somewhat starting to like you, but yeah, no, now you're just an asshole. So I really don't give a shit about you now. Yeah, right? It and it's it's so hard cuz it's like when he came back and the town was like in ruin, he basically like doubled down. 
Dude, when he's like literally just freaking like whistling into town to myself, I'm just saying, you're a dick, you're a dick, you're a dick, you're a dick. I know. Well, okay. (laughs) That whole thing, it's like, okay, I I understand. Like, it's supposed to be a joke that he's walking into the ruins and not really like paying attention to it until he like realizes what happened and then goes. And then Jimbo like rips him a new ass and then he's just like, you know what? Forget you and then leaves. Like, but it's just, he doubled down on his mistake and that was not good. And it, it will be coming up again in character development, (laughs) but good. (laughs) It's just like how it's like they, they forgot who Hank was like the writers. Yeah. Straight up. And I'd be interested to see if maybe. In Blazing Saddles, if there if a situation like that comes up, where he like goes off to party and comes back and it, the town's in like shambles or something, and I'm willing to bet that if there is an instance like that, that it's w- better written. Why he doubles down? That's what I'm hoping as well. I'm hoping because it's for more so like a an adult audience that they're able to, and it just makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, it's just literally out of left field. It's so out of character. Yeah, it just is not good. Not not good at all. Uh, But other than that, I, like I said, the story for me is as average as average can get, especially with all the... uh, the issues that I have, so I'm not very high on the on my story. Question is how high? <laughs> I'm probably at like a sixty nine. I I can't. I'm not. I'm not even going to crack seventy. I thought you were just gonna crack a joke about it, but no, I hate when I when I'm like six, like because I I'm very methodical about this. Like I know that the the difference between a sixty eight, a sixty nine, or a seventy is not very much, and so I hate using sixty nines if I can avoid it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just I'm so. I'm barely below like 70 is like a completely average movie. This drops it down just, just a hair. So yeah, 69 is where I'm at. Uh, I'm a little lower. I'm at a 55. I'm just kidding. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, I'm at a 65. Shit. Alrighty then. All right. Moving on over to writing. Writing is so infinitely higher. Actually, saying infinitely higher makes it sound like a lot. It's 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 much higher than the than the story for me. The every joke that they had was freaking hilarious, dude. And I don't know as a cat lover how you didn't like this. <laughs> I. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I know, right? Considering that freaking if you're looking at like movies like like cats versus dogs, like it's all in favor of dogs. Like the cats are the enemies. They're the evil ones in, the, in that franchise. 
Whereas, yeah, this one, like, the dogs are, are the assholes. Well, not assholes, but, like, they're the ones that, like, are just like, yeah, screw you guys. Um, cats are where it's at, um, which, you know, absolutely agree. Um, but just, I, I, I don't know. It just, it just, for some reason, it just didn't do it for me. Um, I, like, I could have done without, and I know, like, it's a kid's movie and it, it's nothing no one's seen before, but, like, I could have done without the whole cat butt joke. Oh, like Sumo's cat butt? Yeah. Or the, like, isn't there, like, a brief moment at the beginning where, like, uh, like a towel gets pulled away from a cat and you see their bare hiney? Uh, maybe. I'm not recalling that one. I could be wrong. Dude, like, I gotta start off with the beginning. When the title sequence came down. So, like, it shows these, these cats riding in on horseback. And then it's like the title card appears where it's like Pause of Fury, like the legend of Hank. And then the cats run into the freaking title and it like knocks them knocks them out and like one guy starts to like sit up and then one of the letters falls on his head and then they jump back on their horses and they're like, Where did that come from? And they're like, The freaking title <laughs> department. I laughed I look- so freaking hard at that. Okay, I will admit I got a pretty good chuckle from that scene. <laughs> that was funny. That 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 was clever. Oh, dude, like it's it's the shit like that. Like how Okay, what about this? When the freaking kids were coming and like trying to help Hank out like initially before he like um before Jimbo was his uh teacher or whatnot, when the when their parents came by and it's just like, ew, don't touch him. Sanitize your hands. And then, like, the, the freaking mommy cats are licking their hands. <laughs> so, I didn't laugh at that for some reason. Dude, I thought that was so freaking funny. <laughs> it was just, like, one of those, like, super absurd jokes. Like, I loved it. I loved that joke. Like, anything, like, cat-related, I freaking loved I'm seriously, like, because I don't think I watched this movie in a bad mood, but considering <laughs> that you found cat jokes funny, which I feel is a freaking miracle from you. I don't um, find those jokes funny most of the time. Like, yeah, anything, like, related to a cat, like, even, like, cat memes are really, like, hit and miss with me. Oh, but it, ooh, I don't, it's just, I don't know what it is, dude. Like, puss, it's like, it kind of hit the same notes for me that puss in boots does like when he like when puss in boots asks for a joke or ever though with their cat jokes i don't know like the whole like the the sanitizing thing where they're like licking their the kids paws and then like it just kind of made me remember with puss in boots when he's like at the bar and he asks for milk and they throw him the shot glass and he's just like turns around like he's a total badass and he's like i'm looking for for jack and jill and then starts like like licking the the shot of milk like i find that shit so funny like i don't know what it is with, with that it's just I love what did you, what'd you think about the joke with the um, cat that uh, literally had to um, keep uh, hiding his, uh, having to go to the bathroom? 
like literally, I think it only happens twice. Um, but you know, squats and then literally uses one of those, um, brushes to clean up his cat area. His oh, like in the take... Zen garden? Yeah. Supposed to be a take on a litter box. I did. Was that supposed think... to be a joke? No. Okay. No? I don't think that's what he was. I don't think he was using it as a litter box. Oh, like, was he? I don't think so. I... I think I no, because no, because remember, like it, he was like leaving when the uh, the thugs were coming, and so he's like ah, and like ran out, and then he comes back and like does the whole like yeah, but Zen garden. Did he have thing a newspaper with him? I don't think so. I thought it was the rake. I could have sworn that he had a newspaper with him. He was like squat. He was squat down and was reading a newspaper. Okay, I might be wrong on that one. I could I could be wrong too. Yeah, I mean that joke I mean didn't really stand out to me in any way yeah, shape or form. Fun. Yeah, it was just kind of like a eh joke. Like there was there was a decent amount of those, but I feel like there was enough of like the big jokes that made me laugh. I will say freaking and it was in the trailer and it's just not funny. Um the whole um when it's Hank and a, uh, uh, what's his name? Jimbo. Ikachu. Oh, Ikachu. Uh, Ikachu. When they do the whole like running at each other with the swords and they miss, and then they do it again, and then they do it again. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I fast forwarded through that. I thought it was funny the first two times. <laughs> I I'm so I didn't think it was funny in the trailer, and I especially didn't think it was funny in the movie. I thought it was funny because, like, it took me a second to realize what was happening. I'm just like, wait. And then they did the, the top-up shot of them on the the toilet bowl. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like they did it the first time, and then they did it the second time, and I, I laughed. And then after that, I was like, okay, you're, you did this one too many times. <laughs> but I, I thought that was, that was really funny. I loved how they freaking broke the fourth wall. Like when they're when oh. Hank is chasing Ikachu and it like splits to his palace and he like grabs the middle bar and swings himself around into his palace and then Hank follows him and then Jimbo stops and he's like what the <laughs> then it like pans out and it's the theater of people like screaming. <laughs> Do I I I don't know I just didn't laugh at that. Uh. I, I feel was... I might need to revisit this movie because I don't know. I might have been in a bad mood. I know you're like in a shit mood. <laughs> like I I don't know because usually we're not this different with movies. Yeah, I mean, well, so far with like the story, we're pretty even. Like, obviously, you disliked it a lot more than I did, but fair. The writing, the writing, I'm not giving like a perfect score or anything. Like I'm, okay. I'm giving some major props for those jokes that made me laugh. Yeah. Um. But I'm not going like. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't even think I'm cracking the. The high eighties, like I'm somewhere in the, like the mid. Mid range because of. Like some of the the not good dialogue and the stuff that like felt like it went on too long. Okay. Like I thought the whole conversation between Hank and Jimbo when 
Hank was saying like, oh, I need like a wise old master and blah, 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 and all this. And then like the sign drops down and like, I thought that was going to be funny, but it fell so flat because of how long Hank was talking. Well, and also, I mean, they, they spoiled that joke in the trailer. Yeah, but it's, it's not even that like, oh really? I think the joke could have landed. It's just that it. It went. He was just monologuing too long, like talking about like it's like they they took too much of an effort to try and break the fourth wall, and fair it just enough. ended up making the joke fall flat. Yeah, fair enough. Like I think it would have been almost funnier had the sign fallen down while he was talking, or just yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Like, maybe, like, all the things that he he was bringing up, if a different sign fell, and then Jimbo's, like, ripping them down or throwing them away or just something. Yeah. Like, I think something like that would have landed a lot better. But it's just, yeah, he was talking too long and it just ruined the joke. So, where are you at with writing? Because, like we said, you did not like it. <laughs> I don't know, I might be, like, a tad above story, but, like, not much. So, I'll go with 70. Yeah, I'm going a, a little higher than than you. I think I'm going to go to, like, an 83. I feel that's substantially higher. <laughs> substantially? That's a whole other letter grade than me. I mean, you're not wrong. That's a couple <laughs> letter grades true. higher yeah, than you. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Oh. All right. Moving on over to acting. Um, we had a pretty decent cast. Um, first, we had Michael Sarah, who voiced Hank. Samuel L. Jackson, who voiced Jimbo. Uh, Ricky Gervais, who voiced Ikachu. Uh, Mel Brooks, who voiced the Shogun. George Takai, who voiced Oga. And then... Maybe Jimon Hounsu, who voiced Sumo. So... Um... Let's see, let's... I'm pretty sure, like, I have an idea of who your top three are, <laughs> but okay. let, let's hear them. Okay. Uh, number three. Number three, I would actually give to Samuel Jackson. Interesting. Uh, two, Michael Sarah, and then number one, Ricky Gervais, because I can tell that I, at least from way he was doing his lines it seemed like he was having a good time and for that i had a decent time with his character so dude ricky gervais is like a conundrum oh yeah he absolutely is he does like so much like kid stuff and then he does so much raunchy adult stuff (laughs) like it's like there's no middle ground (laughs) no no but i love ricky gervais so freaking much like I forget what which, um, which 
event he hosted. I think it might have been like the Oscars or something. But it was like the last time that he hosted, he was roasting the shit out of everyone. And I think I forget who it was. It was either Beth or DJ sent me the video of him doing that. And it's just every time I, I hear it, it's just it's so freaking rough. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's so funny, though. It is so funny. Like, there was one joke that he was making about um, Leonardo DiCaprio and his dating life. And he's like, oh, yeah, God. he brought a date, but by the time this thing's over, like, his date will be too old for him. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm like, shoot. <laughs> God damn. I know. I freaking love him. Um. But honestly, I might have to agree with you on that top three. Really? Like, yeah, I was. I was actually going to swap. Um, I was thinking about maybe swapping Ricky Gervais and Michael Sarah for like the the top spot. But I think Ricky Gervais sold the villain a bit better than Hank. Or than Michael Sarah did with um with the 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 hero. Yeah, I can. Agree. Michael Sarah has such an interesting voice. He it doesn't like project well. Like, and I know that he's supposed to be kind of like a goofy dog character, but it's just his voice is just so soft and like mellow. I, I feel if I had to like think of a perfect um voice acting role that Michael Sarah's done, it would absolutely be him as Robin in the Lego Batman movie. Oh my gosh, his Robin was so good. Yeah. But this one was kinda just eh, it was it was alright. Yeah, it's like I don't know where where it like sits with like the other stuff that Michael Sarah's done. It's definitely below Robin, though. Oh, absolutely! Like his Robin, Robin was way awesome. up there. Like, yeah, I was shocked to know that he was voicing Robin. Yeah, but he did. It's such just because a great he's job. so soft-spoken all the time. And then in this, like, he did have some moments of like really good inflection and enthusiasm to his voice, but most of the time it was very like I, like. I mean, I had the subtitles on anyway, but there was a lot of times that I was, like, glad that I had them on because of how softly he was, like, speaking. Yeah. Dude, I swear, I can't watch a movie now without subtitles. <laughs> I yeah, don't know what I'm it at is. that point. Yeah. Like, and I remember when I was younger, I used to be like, oh, subtitles ruin movies. I don't know how people can watch them with them. And I've yeah, being one of deaf those people. is how people... <laughs> okay, that's true. Okay. Minus... The unfortunate people that are deaf, how other people that you are just like, oh, you know, I, I want the subtitles on just in case I, I miss um, something they say. And I, I was dude, just like, you oh, never that, realize that, how much you miss. Oh, dude, straight up. Because, like, seriously, like, nowadays, like, if I go see a movie in theaters and, like, um, I miss a line, I'm like, ah, oh, damn, well, you know, at least when it comes to streaming, I can put on subtitles to catch it then. Yeah, dude, that's how I feel too. Oh man. Um 
but yeah, I was I was almost going to disagree with you on Samuel L. Jackson being number three, but thinking about it a bit more, it's just it's Samuel L. Jackson doing Samuel L. Jackson. Exactly. As much as I love the guy, it's just the same old, same old. Like yeah. there, there is literally no difference between his voice as Nick Fury versus Jules from Pulp Fiction versus Jimbo from this one. Like there's no freaking difference. Like yeah. the the most voice work that he's ever done was giving himself a lisp in The Kingsman. That's so. <laughs> That's so true. I forgot about that. Everything else, though, it's it's just been him. And it's like, I'm not complaining, but for an animated movie, this is kind of, I know that this is kind of like a soft, um, not a soft topic, a, a sore spot for some voice actors. I wish that they would get voice actors to do big budget movies like this. I agree, because I, I know a lot of people are just like, oh, but we want that uh, big name talent to be able to put on the poster and, you know, sell movie like, tickets. Cool, but why? <laughs> yeah, because a lot of the times, and nothing against these actors, their voices don't belong with the character. It just It just doesn't work. Yeah, like at all. Yeah. It literally just, oh, all I hear is Samuel L. Jackson. I, I don't hear this character. Yeah. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. And those, those people that work as hard as they do to hone their craft, like, they're, they're taking on more jobs than actors do. And so they're Absolutely. working constantly to, like, master their craft, come up with new voices, and, there's there's go-to people for those voices. Exactly. And it's 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 insane. Like you may not know the like with any given voice actor, you may not know their names, but you know their voice. Yep. And exactly. it's it's insane to me that they're not given more work. At least with bigger budget stuff. Like, I wish that they, they would. That they would be given that opportunity. Because I think you can improve the quality of animated movies tenfold. If you stopped worrying about who is going in the credits. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I've ever seen you that upset before. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently, you you really you, okay? You really don't uh, know me behind closed doors, then. Dude, <laughs> for those of you that are confused, Rose just <laughs> just ripped his cat a new one. <laughs> well, it was up on the kitchen counter. Little shit. <laughs> yeah, you know you're in trouble. Oh man, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh shit. But, well, you yeah. know, honestly, no. So 
just so is that like you said like oh i don't think i've ever seen you that angry honestly the same thing i've never seen you that angry so i don't really get that angry <laughs> true well like, i mean i don't know what happens behind closed I, I don't know from for how long i've known you i know it takes a lot to make you super angry for yeah. me it just depends i mean it does take a lot to make me angry but it also depends on the person <laughs> yep totally if get you know, that if you know, you know. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. Oh. Anyway, getting back to acting. Yeah, I I totally wish that the uh, that studios would get away from wanting to use big actors. Because think about this, Absolutely too. Absolutely agree. With Pixar movies, like, just getting back to our, our previous conversation... How much money would studios save if they used voice actors versus like big name celebrities to voice their their characters? That's a good point. I mean, hell, freaking like turning red. Um, it, the only person, uh, big name that they had for that movie was Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. Other other than that, it was just um, and that movie was fantastic. Yeah, great voice acting. Yeah, so, whew, freaking, that, good call out. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, like, how much, like, how much better would animated movies be if they hired, like, legitimate voice actors? Now, I understand, like, maybe having one big name for, like, a selling point or whatever, but you don't need the whole cast to be big named actresses or actors. Yeah. Like um I'm going through like I'm gonna, the, the list right now. Like you did not need George Takai in this. No. Like you didn't need freaking Gabriel Iglesias either or Jamon Hounso or however you say his name or Michelle Yao. Like those are Characters that you did not freaking need. Yeah, I agree. Like, you could have saved so much money had you just cut those three out. Or four. Like, Mel Brooks, obviously, like, he helped write Blazing Saddles and helped write this movie. So, like, I I feel he's earned. Yeah. Like, there's some, like, completely understandable. Like, Mel Brooks, yeah. like, if you would have wanted to include anyone else from Blazing Saddles, like, have at it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But you could have gotten away with not doing, yeah. using the main three, at least. Yeah. And it sucks. It, it, it truly sucks. And I hope that eventually studios will get their heads out of their ass and realize that just because you can act doesn't mean you can voice act. Thank you. Cause it is in a complete, completely different playing field. Mm-hmm. It is so much harder to be able to convey emotion only through your voice instead of being able to not only do it through your voice, but also the actions with your body. Yeah, exactly. Dude, one thing that like really solidified my opinion on that is the um the legend of or the, yeah the legend of Vox Machina on Amazon. 
so it's it's based off of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, that's somewhat. So it's a it's called Critical Role. Like that's the name of the podcast. So it started off as a podcast, and they animated the entire first season of their podcast to be a like a twelve thirteen episode long um, series on Amazon. And yeah. what's great about it is everyone in Critical Role is a voice actor, right? Mm-hmm. And they are the ones that voiced their characters in the show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, like, the only one that they didn't, like, that didn't voice um, a character was, like, the, the guy who was Dungeon Master. So okay. he did some, like, additional voices and whatnot. So he didn't have like a main character that he voiced, but yeah, like how cool is that? That is badass. Yeah. So unfortunately, with uh, with this movie being <laughs> being voiced by like big stars, and I don't think that they uh, their performance was as good. I agree. So that being said, I mean, I, they didn't do horrible jobs. Like, no. I'm not ripping into their abilities to voice characters, but it was it was fairly average for me. Like, I'm I'm sitting at maybe I'm barely cracking eighty here. I'm not even cracking eighty. Yeah, I'm, so like I'm going 75. solid seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm barely cracking that eighty, so I'll Fair I'll enough. I'll keep it at eighty. <laughs> All right, moving on over to character development, um, which we obviously have to do the development of Hank. So Hank starts off coming into this land of cats, wanting to become or with dreams and aspirations of becoming a samurai. Um, he is declared the town samurai um, of whatever the hell this, the town's name is. Um, Kakamocho? Yeah. And he um, slowly gets trained by Jimbo the cat and is slowly accepted as the samurai of this town. Um, but through that, he's told all of like the virtues of being a samurai and goes back on nearly like every single one of them. (laughs) Yep. So like his, so Jimbo tells him that he needs to be brave, always help others. And he cannot seek um, fame or glory as, as a samurai. I threw that out the window. Yeah. And he does all of that. Like he freaking runs away. Until he realizes, like, I can't abandon these people. Like, <laughs> I'm a little a good too late boy. for that. I, yeah, I'm too loyal because I'm a dog. Get it? Yeah, like that joke didn't land whatsoever. Um, but by the end of it, it's it's kind of like you can't really tell where he went. No, it's just like he started off as a student and was working. Towards becoming a full-blown samurai. 
kind of goes into a freaking shitstorm when he abandons them to go party. And um, then comes back, kind of doubles down on his mistake, and then realizes, oh, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Goes back and like helps defend the 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 town. And it's just, it's just, it's very blah. Like yeah. that's the only way that I can explain this. It's just blah. It's a perfect way to, perfect way to explain it. Yeah, like it, as as funny as I thought this whole situation was, it's just his growth could have been so much better. Like it, it's just what killed it is his doubling down on his mistake of going to oh, party yeah. the night before. Like if if you want him to go party party it up, by all means, go have him party it up. But don't have him come back being all indignant, being like, I freaking earned that shit. Yeah. That was yeah. That 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 was absolute bullshit. I've earned having fun. Like, did ya? Cause you didn't do yeah. <laughs> you get you didn't do dick. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like you freaking rode, you rode sumo like he was a damn mechanical bull, and then someone turned him off with edamame beans because they closed his freaking throat. Yep. Like you didn't do shit, dude. And just the fact that he thought that he did do something really pisses me off. Dude, same. Made me hate his character even more. Okay, okay, maybe not hate his character, but yeah. made me. Hate He's his probably the most unlikable dog character. Dude, I would absolutely agree. Yeah, so not very good development whatsoever. Like, I will say this he does kind of redeem himself a little bit when he refuses the, the samurai position of the town and then gives it to. Someone that actually, like, somewhat deserves it. Yeah, even though she's a little kid. Yeah. And then he goes back to, like, training. And it's just... It didn't it didn't feel good. Agreed. Like, I think... I think something that would have worked out probably just as well with this, like... Is if he, like, if you take into consideration the doubling down, I think something that would have really improved his arc would be to take the sword and then to offer it to Jimbo. But not, like, offer it being like, here, this sword is yours. I would have been like, have him give it to Jimbo and then say, like, I want you to give this to me when you feel that I'm ready for it. Yeah, I think that would have been a lot better. Yeah, it it would just shown some growth that, like, yes, I'm not ready to be a samurai, but don't pawn it off to a freaking kid. Like, especially like a kid that we didn't see do a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, she was in it a little bit. And this is another thing that I'm wondering if there was a reference to Blazing Saddles with that character. Yeah, I'm wondering that too. Um, Total side note, though. A joke that I, I kind of laughed 
at a lot, but totally like forgot to bring up with her was when she was like looking for the smoke signals and they're like, holy shit, there's a ton of them. <laughs> that, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, that got a good giggle out of me. I'll, I'll admit yeah. that. Obviously, so they censored the the holy shit part. It's just holy <laughs> yeah. bunch of symbols. There's a ton of them. <laughs> yeah. And then it. She says like they're coming. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. But getting back to the my character development, um, not very high, unfortunately. I'm like, I'm at like a seventy. Maybe barely. That's like barely a 70. Yeah. And it's mostly because I don't want to go to like a 68 or 69 again. <laughs> you know what? I'll match you on that one. All right. Next up, we got effects. I mean, it's no Pixar, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's decent. Like, I, yeah. I really like the stylized um, animation that they had. Um, when yeah. they were doing, um, Hank's flashback to like the whole yeah. samurai interaction, it kind of felt very Sin City to me. It did freaking the opening animation, like doing the credits. Um, Ooh, that, that was actually great. really cool. Yeah, yeah. So kind of got to give props there. Um, the rest of it though, like the normal day to day, or like the every like the normal stuff. That felt, ooh, Chicken Little. Oh uh, yeah, that's a great comparison. That's the that's the the type of like movement that they had. It was very like animated, very quick movement. It like it felt like freaking Chicken Little. Like even yeah. Hank, like Hank looks straight like ripped out of Chicken Little. Yeah, dude, straight up. He really <laughs> did. Oh my god, yeah, he really did. So, it, I mean, that being said, it wasn't bad animation. It's just, I love the stylized stuff. Like, so giving some that major cool. props for the stylized portions. Yeah. Like like you said, the beginning and the uh, that one flashback scene. Which, another really funny joke with, like, the projector. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that, that got me a little, a little chuckle. Yeah, that's the word. I was gonna say giggle, but I didn't want to go for that chuckle. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Personally, maybe this is probably my highest, and like an eighty, eighty-seven, maybe. Okay, I'm. I'm not gonna go that high. I'll go an eighty. So what brought it down for you then? Just for I don't know some some of the stuff I wasn't the biggest fan of how it was animated because like I don't know the way that some of the characters were animated just didn't look that great to me. Like like you comparing it to Chicken Little, like really set into stone that I'm just like eh, you know the animation was decent but it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because it's like you have nothing else to compare it to, like other than other animated movies, and that kind of feels unfair. 
Fair enough. But it's, yeah, it's just, this movie felt like it should have come out in the, like, sometime in, like, the 2010s. Maybe even before then. Yeah, I would agree. Like, this kind of, like, I would imagine this movie coming out maybe three years after Chicken Little. Like, that's where, like, my mind would put it. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Yeah. All right, moving on over to music. The opening music was awesome. Yeah, that that was pretty badass. Yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) the rest of the soundtrack wasn't. Yeah. It was mediocre. Very mediocre. I think mine, if you were to subtract the opening song, I would probably be at like a five because of just how average the soundtrack was. But I think with the opening song being as good as it was, I'm kind of leaning more towards like a seven, but I, I can easily be talked down to a six. I was honestly leaning towards a seven just for how good that opening was. All right. So a seven? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Next up, we got costumes, which for this animated movie will be um, like the character design. And I think they had, like we said with Hank, felt very ripped out of Chicken Little. Yes. Um, I can't remember if there were a lot of cats in Chicken Little. Not that I can recall. Yeah. Um. So, can't relate that to the them. Um. For the most part, they they looked good. Um. I I did appreciate that you know uh you really didn't see any cat that looked alike. They were all different in their own way, which which I did actually I did actually really appreciate that. Yeah. It. it like that must have taken a lot of work to go through like each cat and redesign them. Like the only ones that looked the same were the ones that you would kind of expect to look the same, like the ninjas. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like those ones all kind of looked similar, but all the like ones in the village, slope. like there were not yeah. very many that looked similar. Like if they did yes. look similar, it was just in like build. Yeah. Like it was more like tall, skinny. Like, that was kind of like their default. And then they throw in, like, the short ones, the short stocky. the Like, they kind of had, like, a really good variation. Um, There were some, like, I'm talking specifically about Jimbo. I did not love his design. I think that made him, like too fat I can agree with that it like it's it's almost like they made him too um I think what like with that design they ruined for themselves the believability that the audience would have in him being like a good samurai fair enough fair enough 
Yeah, because it's like I like even when he was like performing these really cool epic feats of swordsmanship. It's it was so hard for me to like set aside that that disbelief. Yeah, like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was thinking that a lot anytime he was doing stuff, and like I understand that this is a kids movie. And whatnot, but still, like you kind of with someone that skilled, you want a different figure. It's just he was overly heavy. It was like it was like watching Garfield do like yoga or some shit and be good at it. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Like I would have preferred a like a slightly stockier build instead. Like, I, if you would have just shrunk down how the first samurai of Kakamuchu looked. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, the kind of the classic build, where it's, like, very, like, a slent, more slender stomach. Yeah. With, like, a big, bigger chest. I think that would have helped my belief a little bit. Like, if you wanted to give him a gut, like, give him a gut, but don't give him a freaking, like, freaking fatty stomach. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. With, uh, with costumes, this one's tough, because it's like, you can obviously tell. Like, the silhouette, their silhouettes are good. So, shit, I might, I might be at an eight. I can give you an eight. Yeah, I mean it's tough to it's tough for me to go lower because of how well they were able to design everyone else, and then it's just fair enough. They were good. Like you can't like that's one thing we can't argue here. Like yeah. if something's good, it's good. That's true. All right, personal scores. <laughs> I will take this one first. Just okay. <laughs> um, I I had a really good time watching this movie. I felt it was a pleasant surprise. It was a lot better than I assumed it was going to be. Like I, we kind of chose this movie as like a last minute. Like, hey, we need to come up with something to to talk about. Like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> And and we came up with this as like because I was scrolling through Paramount and was like, hey, uh, we were going to do this other thing, but it ended up being a limited series on Netflix, and we don't do those. So, yeah, um, like I said, had a great time with it. I thought it was really um, enjoyable. There's lots of funny dialogue, and like there's a, lo- a lot of good to take from this. Um, but unfortunately, it's just in ways of animated movies, I think that it had a lot to be desired. Um, just like when you start getting into the, like the nitty gritty of it, like the story was just not good. So with that, I think I'm going to be giving this a, I give it a 78. All right. What about you? Uh, for me, I had honestly just an all right time with this movie um i will admit caleb has talked me up a little bit with my score um (laughs) so kudos to you for that um but 
yeah, like you said, the story is just it's, it's all right. It's not that good. Um, I do agree. It does have some uh, good. Um, what'd you say? Wasn't good ideas, but um, good lessons. Is that what you said? Uh, you said I forget what you said. I did too. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Um, but yeah, just this movie's really bogged down by its story. Um, just yeah, like considering this is uh, based off Blazing Saddles or a kid's version of Blazing Saddles, I really want to watch that now cause to see if um I like that a lot better than this or if I feel the same. I hope I don't feel the same. Um, I want to watch it and make it one of my uh, mini recommendations. <laughs> Um, so with that, I will go a solid 70. You should be nice. proud, Caleb. You talked me up from the 60s. From the 60s? Shit. Yeah, dude, I was in the 60s. <laughs> you really did not like this movie. <laughs> no, I did not. But can we talk about, Mr. Caleb Albers, how... You gave this movie only one point lower than you gave Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I can't believe you. Well, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just wow. Just, just, just wow. You think you know someone, guys. You think you know someone. Oh, I know. And then they pull some shit like that. (laughs) All right. Well, going through our scores really quick. Our story did not bring this movie to a very strong start whatsoever. Um, and so it averaged out to a 67. Uh, it was slightly improved by the writing, which got brought up to a 76.5. Um, acting was just like right in line with there, um, sitting at a 77.5. Character development got dropped down significantly, down to a 70. Um, the effects averaged out to an 83.5, and honestly, that's probably the best part of this movie. <laughs> Actually, it is the best part of this movie, according to our our scores. Um, the music, although most of it was pretty average, it was brought up a decent amount from uh, because of the opening t- sequence, which brought it, or yeah, which was we were sitting at a seven with that. Um, costumes or the character design was pretty good overall. Uh, so we're sitting at an eight with that. And then with our personal score, me liking it just a little bit more than Rose did, uh, we are sitting at a 74 with that. And with all of those scores, the final All Bros letter grade for Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank has come to a C plus. Really? It got that high? <laughs> it didn't score that high. It's it's sitting at like so it's sitting at a seventy six point six eight percent. So it's one of our lower C plus movies. Alright, I'll accept that. Yeah, so such a dick to this movie. (laughs) I know, freaking hell, dude. So let's see where it compares with our other movies, or our other C plus movies. 
It's definitely on the lower end. Oh, it is like it barely got into our our C plus range. It's second from the bottom. Damn. At least in in ways of C plus. Okay. So let's let me pull up the other C movies because I'll have to do that. All right, so like I said, Pause of Fury is sitting at a 76.68%, which puts it below Unhinged, which is at a 76.87%, uh, puts it below The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is at a 761 Puts it below the Boondock Saints, which is at a 77.12. Puts it below the Strangers Pray at Night, which is at a 77.18. And then finally puts it below the Lost City, which is at a 77.25. Um, going the opposite direction, uh, it is above Stone Cold, which was at a 76.5. And then all of these other movies that I'm about to list off are in our uh, C range. So these are not C-plus movies. Uh, the ones I listed before were. These ones are not. Um, so first it's above My Spy, which is at a 75.87. It is above Cheaper by the Dozen, the 2022 version, at which is at a 75.56. It is also above The Adams Family, which is at a 75.45. And then finally, it is above Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is at a 75.33. I had no idea Ant-Man and the Wasp was that low. Yep. <laughs> well, all right. So yeah, that's um that's where it's at. I mean, I don't think I it's it's a it's a decent home. Like let let me see what other like animated movies like in our C plus range, because so far most of the other ones are like live action movies. I mean, you had the Adams Family. Yeah, well, that one's in our C range. Oh. Yeah, so the Adams fan, like it's like close, the like more. they are really close to each other. Um, Not gonna lie, I probably like the Adams family more. Yeah, it's slightly more than one percent. Like Ant Man on the Wasps is seventy five point three three. Pause of Fury is at a seventy six point six eight. So okay. it's like one point three percent difference. All right, but for C plus. Then the closest one, like animated move. Oh, that's not even animated. I thought that was the old one. Um, I thought it was Aladdin, but it's not. Oh. The yeah, the closest animated movie in the C plus range is eight is the Crudes and New Age. Oh shit! Wow. But it's like significantly higher. Well, as significant as you can get, being in like one grade category. Okay. 
<laughs> like, so, yeah. Pause of Fury is 76.68. Oh, it's it's a 3% difference. Okay. So with the Crudes, because the Crudes, a new age is at a 79.68. Okay. All right. So, definitely agree with that one. Yeah. I like the Crudes in New Age a lot more than I liked this one. <laughs> Same here. But, yeah. Um, so, that's where it's sitting. So, that concludes this week's um, this week's breakdown. Uh, if you like this episode, want to check out more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are basically everywhere. Um, let's see. You can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube if that is your preferred listening method. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the All Bros. Uh, you can hit us up if you want. DM us with episode ideas. Uh, if you want to join us for an episode, we would love to have anyone on to talk about any movie. Um, you can also go and check out our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the where you can find links to everything that we do, including our merch store, which is on TeePublic um, for now. Teespring has taken forever to freaking upload. And we have over 200 episodes, so it's a, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Sounds like it. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you guys can find us all there. Um, next week, you guys can look forward to our breakdown of... Elvis, which is coming to HBO Max here shortly. Actually, in a couple days as of this recording. Actually, you said it comes out the third? Uh, the second. The second? So by the time this episode There's releases, it should already be out. Um, so yeah, you guys can look forward to that next week. Until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces. Ha ha. See you real soon. Oh, that was god awful. <laughs> Got a little cracky w- at the end, but you, you yeah, had a strong start. <laughs> okay. I, was gonna, I wasn't even going to do it because I just wasn't feeling Mickey, so I was going to do Herbert, but then I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. I regret it. <laughs>